We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast welcome back to another episode of the pack a day podcast you can get all your pack a day updates by following us on twitter at pack a day podcast so remember you can always subscribe to our podcast on itunes google play TuneIn, stitcher or spotify and, of course, you can check us out over at CheeseheadTV.com. I'm Kyle Fellows, and I'm here with Andrew Mertig. Andrew, how is it going? It's good to be back for another Friday edition of the podcast. Yeah, it is great to be back. This is episode 1066. And if we're going to you know, honor anybody in Packers lore with episode 1066... It's got to be Ray Nitschke, right? 66, yeah. the most the most famous 66. I, I'm sure somebody wore it before him, but certainly not since. And, um, you know, just a real, real throwback there. Uh, and, Kyle, I did a little math, so it's probably wrong. But <laughs> my math indicates that today is exactly 50 days until Ooh. preseason game one. Oh, okay. So it's coming. Yeah. We're getting there. Yes. And we get as nerded out about a preseason as a regular season. So I like this lower number in the count to the preseason. This is exciting. 50 yeah, days. We'll, we'll know something about the quarterback situation and, uh, you know, we'll be able to talk about actual football. But some news today before we get to our main topic. Uh, number one, the Pittsburgh Steelers have cut guard David DeCastro. And I know. If there's one thing that I'm certain about in Packers Nation, it is that a guy who has a really high Madden rating is going to get talked about when they get released. Absolutely. Are the Green Bay Packers going to sign David DeCastro, Kyle? They absolutely should because he's a big name and he plays offensive line and he's old, right? This is the combination we're looking for. Yeah, the Packers don't have any salary cap room, so obviously this isn't going to happen. But I could see David DeCastro going somewhere. You know, I'm... I'm just throwing out names here, but a a place like the Los Angeles Chargers, the Buffalo Bills, the Baltimore Ravens, teams that take on guys like this that have the cap room to do that. And I could see David DeCastro being awesome for the next four years for some team. Uh, But it is not going to be the Green Bay Packers because they don't have any salary cap room in in which to sign him. So uh, news story number two, Kyle, uh, the NFL announced that they are going to allow teams to have a second helmet so that means that throwback helmets could be back. Second helmet 
Is this exciting for the Green Bay this, Packers? This is a big deal, man. Like we, I mean, we see it all over Twitter all the time. The suggested secondary helmets, um, looking pretty clean. I think there's some out there. So let me ask you, if the Packers could throw out one new helmet this season, what's what does it look like? All right. So you know me, I'm in love with having actual gold, like like green and gold, not green and yellow. <laughs> Sorry, Lil Wayne. So I would <laughs> love to see a gold helmet, but, 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 you already knew that. I want to yes. go in a different direction here. I'm going to okay. say white, a white, white helmet. White helmet, standard G. Yep. Maybe, maybe the stripe down the middle. I, I think I think that would look amazing, especially if they went all whites. Mm-hmm. I think that'd look really, really clean. Um, we, we obviously, the color rush, we kind of complain about maybe having the all whites you know, in the past and those kinds of things. But that combo could be pretty clean. I like that. I would probably go, there's a really nice hunter green helmet floating around out there that I think if, if, especially if they went with some yellows and some whites in the jersey, I feel like could be really, really clean as well. So uh, some fun things to consider here as well. Um, Yeah, that's really cool, Kyle. But what what are people listening to this podcast for? They want to hear about the Chicago Bears. Let's get to the Chicago Bears. You want to talk about the Chicago Bears? This is a pivot. <laughs> this this show is is just meant for disaster at this point, right? Yeah, it absolutely is. Yes, we, we talked are. Vikings for 20-some minutes last week. We're going to talk yep. Bears for 20-some minutes this week. Yeah, so last week, Andrew and I began a series that we enjoy every single summer where we preview the Packers' upcoming opponents. And we are going to look at all of the Packers 2021 opponents, but we're starting with the deep dives into each of the Packers division rivals. Uh, We kicked things off with the Vikings last week, and we're going to keep things going here today um, by looking at one of these other NFC North teams and putting them under the microscope a little bit. Andrew, with the spoiler, we are going to be talking about those Chicago Bears. We're going to look at their free agent additions, their subtractions, uh, their draft picks, and then discuss whether or not they were actually able to improve. Did they get better or worse this offseason? So, Andrew, tell us a little bit about the current status of those Chicago Bears. Yeah, so we are talking about the Chicago Bears, or, well, at least the Illinois-slash-Western-Indiana Bears, if if the mayor of Chicago has anything to say about it. Uh, but they are coming off an 8-8 eight and eight season based on the quarterback struggles. I don't know that you could expect a lot more than that, but, you know, remember, the Bears are struggling bad early in the season. A late-season surge helped to keep the Bears head coach and GM in their current jobs. And so this is really, you know, going to be a weird offseason because they're they're kind of you, you have two guys that are definitely coaching and, and managing for their jobs. But you also have a roster that is probably in need of a bit of turnover. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to look at some of the moves that they made this offseason. Obviously, every team is trying to get better. This is not a. Uh, secret. However, different paths to doing that exist, and some are criticized and some are praised. So we're going to look at uh, the subtractions first. Of course, uh, one of the biggest headlines of the offseason was the departure of Mitch Trubisky for the Bears. Uh, We all said goodbye, sweet prince, to Mitch, and he is on to try to rebirth his career learning under Josh Allen out there in Buffalo. Uh, But if, if that wasn't the big story, 
it had to be Bears releasing cornerback Kyle Fuller. Um, the Packers' interest in Fuller has been well documented over the years. Of course, we know the Packers signed Fuller to an offer sheet several years ago, and so many thought that maybe Green Bay had a shot at her, his services this time around. But, of course, Kyle quickly found a new home with old friends in Denver with Vic Fangio. Uh, so interesting movement there in the secondary in Chicago. The offensive line is also going to look quite a bit different in 2021 for these Bears. They moved on from Charles Leno after the draft, who promptly joined the Washington football team. And Bobby Massey signed with the Broncos. So lots of Bears following Fangio out there to Denver, it seems. A few other departures to note. Defensive lineman Roy Robertson-Harris went to the Jags. Wide receiver Cordero Patterson went to the Falcons. Uh, Edge Barkevius Mingo, um, former first-round pick, went to the Falcons. Defensive lineman John Jenkins is a Dolphin. And then they've still got a guys, some guys lingering out there. Dwayne Harris, the, the wide receiver, is still a free agent. Brust, Buster Screen, also a free agent, and Demetrius Harris, still a free agent, the tight end. So the biggest shakeups are going to be visible, I think, at quarterback. That's pretty obvious. Uh, but then we're going to get into what they did at offensive tackle to cover their losses and then what the plan is to replace Kyle Fuller because um, as much cap save, savings that that did provide for them, it's a huge, huge loss for this team. So uh, we're going to get into some of the plans that they made to improve those spots. Yeah, so I'm going to read off who they signed and then talk about them a little bit just because they have sort of a long list of free agent acquisitions. And uh, that's probably headlined by cornerback Desmond Trufant. They got wide receiver Marquise Goodwin, linebacker Christian Jones, right tackle Elijah Wilkinson, quarterback Andy Dalton. I guess he would be the headliner, but uh, we'll talk about the quarterback situation a little bit later. Running back Davey Williams, edge Jeremiah Tachu, and uh, defensive lineman Angelo Blackson. And so, you know, one of the things that I did when I was taking a look at this roster, I, I looked at the, the players who left, who you just talked about, and you, you kind of create a balance sheet for the Bears uh, with the, the players that they're bringing in. And it does not look good. Kyle Fuller drop off to Desmond Trufant. That's a big step back for oh, them. That's big. Uh, they, they have to replace their slot corner in Buster Screen. And a year after, he was supposed to be the person to replace Bryce Callahan. And so they got significantly worse at cornerback, both in the slot and on the outside. While their tackles weren't good last year at all, they still need to be replaced by somebody. And I'm not sure that what they did is going to be sufficient. Cordell Patterson had a role last year, um, whether that be at running back or returner, um, or maybe even a little bit at wide receiver. Robertson Harris was a key cog in the defensive line. John Jenkins was a big run stuffer. And I, I know I'm I'm just mentioning things that Kyle just talked about, but I think those things have to be factored in when you look at their additions because the replacements in free agency just were not sufficient. You know, I mentioned Trufant and, and the drop back there and, and screen, but he's a very average starting cornerback at this point in his career, Desmond Trufant. I, I don't even know that. Yeah. Yet, I mean, average might even be being a little bit generous. And Christian Jones is a solid run-first linebacker, but he's not anybody to write home about. Wilkinson can start at tackle, but again, very average. Damian Williams proved he could be a serviceable backup in Kansas City, but we don't know that he could be anything more than that. Marquise Goodwin could be a frustrating gadget player to play against, but I don't foresee him being any improvement or over Cordero Patterson. 
You have Blackson and Itachu on defense, very average players. And then there's, you know, QB1, Andy Dalton. Uh, (laughs) So the Bears are facing a pretty significant talent deficit heading into 2021 when you just look at who they let walk in free agency and who they re-signed or who they signed new. Yeah, the, the cornerback thing is interesting. I'm glad you brought that up and you brought up the contrast because it is a big deal. And we just got done talking about the Vikings last week and we talked about Patrick Peterson and the decline from the player that he clearly was um, early in his career being a dominant shutdown corner. And then now he's not that he's still, a, you know, a good serviceable player for the Vikings that they brought in. But same thing with Trufant here. I mean, one of the best, probably underrated corners early in his career. And then it's we talk about the fall off with the running back position with age. Um, but I don't know that we always talk about corner, but it, sometimes it just seems when for a lot of these players at cornerback, they hit a wall when athleticism is just not enough to keep up with these young wide receivers. And I think that that's what you're seeing. Obviously, the smarts and the technique get, keeps them in the game. But I do think that there will be a significant fall off there. And we saw that in Detroit last year as well for Trufant with some injuries stacking up, too. But um, let's talk about some of the re-signings that the Bears made. Um there are some guys that the Bears thought highly enough of to keep in the building, to let them not let them walk out the door. So they brought some of these guys back. And I do kind of feel like as I get into this section that I need some hype music playing under me because this is a boring part of our show because this list of names, it is very, very boring. But it's actually a really important group for the bet, the depth chart of this team. They got Mario Edwards back. They re-signed safeties Dion Bush and Tayshawn Gibson. Uh, Effetti, the offensive tackle returns, as well as Artie Burns and kicker Cairo Santos. So, again, not a really exciting group of names, but Mario Edwards and Tashawn Gibson were quietly some of the best at their position last year. And Jermaine Effetti was an average tackle who played almost all the team's offensive snaps last year. So, quietly, the Bears retained some valuable depth, maybe some players mixed in there that they're hoping to improve upon, but um, some impact players that they were able to return throughout the course of this offseason. But then one player we haven't mentioned at all in this is wide receiver Allen Robinson. But um, he, he was hit with the franchise tag, which he has now signed, but we know... He was not thrilled about this early in the process. He was pretty unhappy with the situation. But um, after the Bears reportedly (laughs) flirted with Kenny Galladay, it's Allen Robinson staying put there. And I think Andrew's probably about to mention a reason why Robinson might be a little bit more optimistic about the Bears offense going forward into 2021 and beyond. Yeah, so the the Bears draft class is going to be a little bit easier to summarize than the Vikings were last week. Uh, where I needed to take a water break in the middle of the Vikings draft class because it was so long. Uh, the Bears had seven picks, which you know is very typical, but they had a lot of late rounders after trading up to pick number 11 and selecting Ohio State quarterback Justin Fields. In the second round, they took Tevin Jenkins, the offensive tackle from Oklahoma State, and then they didn't pick again. They, they went from pick 39 all the way to 151 in between picks. Um, and they got uh, offense tackle Larry Borum from uh, Missouri. In the sixth, they had three picks. Khalil Herbert, the running back from Virginia Tech. Wide receiver Daz Newsom from North Carolina. And the cornerback out of Oregon, Thomas Graham Jr. And then one seventh rounder, and that was Kyrie Tonga, the defensive tackle from BYU. So, you know, you, you read through a lot of late round picks. But Fields is obviously the key to this draft. The Bears not only gave away the middle of their draft to move up, but also their 2022 first round pick. 
None of that matters at all if Fields turns into the franchise quarterback. Everybody assumes he will. But Chicago is still relying on a lame duck coaching staff to develop Fields instead of focusing their time and energy on Dalton and the win-now mentality to keep their job. So it's very, very interesting to me to see how much leash Matt Nagy has been given having a rookie quarterback. And are, are, is ownership saying, okay, Matt, Coach up Justin Fields, get him ready. We don't care how this year turns out and give him a little bit of security. Or is he just going to rely on Andy Dalton all season, knowing that his job's on the line? Mm. Yeah, we don't know the answer to that question, but it's it's going to be really fascinating as, as we go forward. Certainly Fields, I, I like Justin Fields probably more than most. I, I had him at QB2, and he was my overall player number four in this year's draft. So, you know, that's really high. Uh, and from a talent <laughs> standpoint, I think the Bears got an absolute steal. But again, Matt Nagy is now responsible for bringing this guy along as a pro. And I have a lot of questions about the line in front of him. Fields has all the tools I would want in a developmental prospect, but he still needs to learn how to take snaps under center, read more complex defense. And even something as simple as cadence is going to be new for a guy coming from that clap happy Ohio State team. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about here, yeah, Kyle? Yeah, exactly. Yep, yep. Man, I hate that. Yep. Stop just, doing uh... it, college teams. Stop clapping. <laughs> I don't like it. Okay. But uh, I thought I thought Tevin Jenkins was a steal in the second. He, he'll he be a guy that's going to give the Packers defenders headaches for years. Maybe actual literal headaches. <laughs> the dude is nasty. He's ferocious. We we were both pretty high on Tevin Jenkins, I think. Um I was maybe a little bit lower than some of the, you know, bigger draft experts, but but I will say, like, I would have been totally fine with the Packers taking him in the first round. Uh, the the rest of the draft is just late round guys, but some names that I thought were interesting. Daz Newsom, the wide receiver from North Carolina. Thomas Graham Jr. from Oregon is a really fun corner prospect who maybe lacks a little bit in the athleticism category, but sort of has that Bears mentality. Um, and, and the rest for me was just kind of eh. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. 
Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. I completely agree with you. It totally feels like this draft class is really, really top-heavy. And if they hit on those guys, Jenkins and Fields, that's huge for this franchise and really puts them ahead for the next, you know, decade if, if those guys are good. Andrew, I did something really regrettable this week. And so I'm going to take this time to confess a little bit on the podcast. I would say that this is even shameful. I picked Justin Fields in a dynasty fantasy league just this week. <gasps> I'm, I, I, I really that was really good. I, I like that. Yeah, that was good. No, it's good. So you want to talk about something that's kind of embarrassing? Yes, I, I, I mentioned this has nothing to do with the Bears, so sorry, sorry, listeners. But I mentioned I was in Vegas about a month ago, and I placed several NFL season prop bets. And you want to guess who I put my money on for MVP of the league? Side note, I, I made two bets, two bets on, on people I, I thought would, would win MVP. I really hope it's not Justin Fields. No. Because— Okay. <laughs> so one one is our good friend Matt Stafford. Okay. In LA. Right. Yeah. Which I thought yes. was all right. I think in that offense he's gonna do very well. And one that I got incredibly good odds on and I was so optimistic about before a certain trade happened a few weeks ago. Okay. Matt Ryan with that one. Oh yeah. Because I thought that offense was gonna be dangerous. But uh, you know, without Julio, they'll still be really good. But Right, right. And they will be playing a lot of catch up, so he should put up some some numbers. But yeah, you like the the Julio factor in there a little bit more. But anyway, I wanted to get that off my chest. Confess here for all of, of Packer Nation just to hear how stupid I was this week in, in doing that. But um, it's going to be interesting to see if the Bears do stick with Andy Dalton in 2021. And I know it sounds uh, crazy to stick with the red rifle there in Andy Dalton. But we've joked on this show about how the front office of the Bears really was on the rocks. And the one thing that we said in a, in a show just a couple months ago that they could do to save their jobs would be to tie themselves to another rookie quarterback. We joked about it being Mac Jones. I picked them in a mock draft we did to put them with Mac Jones. But they did it with Justin Fields, which unfortunately I think was a much better plan. And so I think that they went from nearly fired to tying themselves to Justin Fields' development. So I guess my thought is why rush it? I think they may sit back and know that they probably have a year or more, uh, more maybe more likely two years of Justin Fields as a starter before their fate is determined and his success determines whether or not they're fired. So letting him sit and learn under Dalton may actually benefit Fields and their own job security. Give them one more year of just, hey, we, we can't really fire you because we don't know if you made a bad decision or not. So we'll see. It's going to be really interesting. You mentioned the coaching staff. All of those layers are going to be really interesting in Chicago. But let's ask the big question now, Andrew. Did the Bears, in fact, get better or worse over the course of this offseason? This is a tough one. I, I do think they got better from a long-term outlook. Obviously, quarterback is the biggest deal. 
but I don't think Justin Fields really helps them in 2021. Just just as you said, you know, I, I think if he plays, he's likely to be a nominal improvement over Mitch Trubisky, if anything at all. Um, and I'm much more worried about him in 2022 as a Packers fan and beyond than I ever would be of of him being a factor this year. Last week, I said I thought the Vikings and Bears were on the same level in my head, right? Like I, I, I sort of made a big deal about an Aaron Rodgers Packers, the Minnesota Vikings and the Chicago Bears probably are all level. Obviously, Rodgers would put the Packers above them. But after really carefully evaluating this roster, and I do think this is the valuable thing about doing this, right? Like we're, we're sort of creating that balance sheet of who they add, who they didn't. Reminds you of a lot of the things that they went through. This Bears roster lost a ton of talent. So I think after doing that evaluation, I'm walking that statement back. I don't mm-hmm. think the Bears can match their eight wins this year, even with one more game on the schedule. Mm-hmm. I, I do think that this is a below 500 team, and I – I think it would take a Herculean effort or, you know, a, a couple of players coming out of absolutely nowhere that we're really not expecting to be huge impact players or maybe Andy Dalton playing out of his mind for this team to to even match that eight win mark. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be really interesting what they do in that process, because if they're not playing well, there's no first round pick for them to play for. Right. Like like they've traded away that that first round pick in 2022. So not pushing for the new rookie quarterback to come in to get better. Like some of those things are factored in when they're making those decisions as they get fit further into the season. So it will be interesting, but I'm complete with you here. I view the lions and the bears rosters in very similar lights. Actually, the one difference is that the bears now have their quarterback of the future on the roster, and then they'll build it from there. The lions will be building up their roster and then likely adding a quarterback in a year or two. So uh, we'll see which strategy will work because the reality is that Detroit could have taken fields. Um, but you're right. This is a team that got worse in the immediate with moves uh, like moving on from Kyle Fuller and embracing a rebuild on the offensive line. But I certainly think this is a team that could be a threat in future years. Bears fans have serious reason to be optimistic about the future of this team. Uh, the biggest question will be, can the Bears transition to fields fast enough and with enough success to keep Nagy as the head coach? Or will this Bears rebuild include a new coaching hire as well? So lots of questions will surround the organization, but I think they'll be better, just not in 2021. Yeah, so the uh, upcoming season matchups between the Packers and the Bears will kick off on week six, noon. That's going to be on October 17th at Soldier Field. And then in week 14, a Sunday night game, at least as it is scheduled, uh, on December 12th at Lambeau. So December Sunday night football, Bears-Packers at Lambeau Field. It doesn't get a whole heck of a lot better than that. Um, I do think that that is a flexible game, though I'd have to double-check that. So um, no guarantee there on Sunday night, but, man, that's going to be a a really fun game and probably a tough ticket to come by. So uh, that'll be really cool. Uh, But that is all the time that we have for today. This has been the Packer Day Podcast. You can find Kyle on Twitter at Packer underscore Pundit, and you can find me at Andrew Murdoch. Remember, also follow at Packer Day Podcast. Please subscribe and and please consider giving us a five-star review if you like what we're doing. You can catch Kyle and myself every single Friday. Next week, we'll be back to continue our conversation on the Packers 2021 opponents as we discuss the Detroit Lions. Thanks for listening. And as always, remember...